we're using my camera today, so maybe it won't be. You can always tell that I do it because it always broadcasts sideways. And it's probably it's, that's probably a prophetic word. I don't know <laughs> what that means. And Bruce was hitting at "Show Me Your Face," which is a Don Potter song. And I have um, a playlist in my phone where I have that song six times in a row so that it'll just play it again and again. And so um, I know you're like me. Sometimes your life has a um, multitude of things, and you just go, I just can't do one more. I mean, I can't face one more. You know, and so I've got some that are medical. I've got some that are physical. I mean, uh, things I have to do. I'm taking a house apart. Just, just stuff. Just things. And then, um, so yesterday afternoon, I, I'm trying to be more disciplined the last week or two. And so I, uh, I went home and uh, sat down and started playing Show Me Your Face. And about the third time that it went through it, uh, uh, it got pretty strong, the part about Moses. And I felt like that I should go look at Moses. So go with me to this. And we're going a New American Standard, and we're going to Chapter 3 of Exodus. Now, Moses, Lord, we ask you to... Um, Speak to each of us, whatever you want to speak to each of us. And would you, by your spirit, have us communicate with you as we continue to worship you. We thank you for the scriptures over all these years, all, all the collected works in our Bible. And let us learn from those who have gone before us and speak to us also. In Jesus' name, amen. So Moses had killed, uh, you know, been raised um, by one of the Pharaoh's daughters. Uh, and his mom, she got his mom to take care of him for her. <laughs> so he was raised around the court of Pharaoh. And as you know, the story goes, he got upset and he kills an Egyptian and he buries him. Now, uh, Pharaoh had people from different backgrounds that served him. And so this Hebrew from Goshen, they'd all ended up in that part next to the ocean there, really fine place to raise cattle and stuff. And, and uh, under Joseph and all those days. But the Pharaohs have come along and time is moving on. And there's this forgetfulness of except that we can use these Hebrews for other things besides raising cattle. They don't all, there's a lot of them. So why don't we have them make bricks? Because we like making statues to ourselves and buildings and stuff. So they were in the business of making bricks, which is not a real exciting life. And it you can't go real far in brick making. I, I guess you have overseer brick mason people, but you know, every day you go to work, well, honey, How's work today? Well, we made bricks, you know, and tomorrow we'll make bricks. And next week, we're pretty sure we'll know what we'll be doing our whole lifetime. 
is making bricks. And so Moses has run away because uh, two Jewish guys said, what you going to do? You're going to do something to us too? They were arguing. And Moses says, stop it. Don't argue with each other. He goes, what you going to do? Bury us in the sand too like that Egyptian? Now, when you hear something like that, you know that it's not long before this is going to get downtown Egypt, you know, like Cairo, wherever, wherever the wherever the Pharaoh lives, you know, you're going to, Ramses, I don't know. Uh, so he runs off, and if you look at the map, he goes as far down the edge of the Red Sea as he can go until he gets to this peninsula point where Mount Sinai is, you know, the mountain of God. Uh, it's also called Horeb. And uh, he's down in there, and there happens to be some shepherdesses, um, and they've got, they need to water the uh, sheep and whatever the cattle that they have there, I guess it's the sheep. And he helps move a stone off of the covering. And so Jethro, who's the owner of the sheep, and Zipporah, his daughter, is one of them. She talks about this guy, this Egyptian. He would have looked like an Egyptian in his clothing and stuff, I'm sure from living around Pharaoh, and uh, he says, why don't invite him, invite him to dinner? He, he helped out. You know, he uncovered the water for you. You got to, you got to, you know, so, so as time goes on, they fall in love, they get married, and they have a child. Now, they'll have two children, but we don't, I don't, didn't see the name of the other boy, but they have a, they have a son. So, Moses takes up the business of, of shepherding. For, for Jethro. Chapter 3, verse 1. Now Moses was pasturing the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb. Now, so, the, so if you're on the west side of this mountain, the Red Sea would be, um, you'd look toward the Red Sea, you probably couldn't see it, well, I don't know. You go toward the Red Sea and behind you is this really tall mountain right there, Mount Sinai, Horeb. Uh, verse 2, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, and yet the, the bush was not consumed. So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous, or in Hebrew, this great sight, why the bush is not burned up. And when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush, a voice from the midst of a burning bush. So just try for a minute to remember, if you were Moses, or just like we were with him, or we were just looking in on this scene of this guy, and he's been all these places, he's seen all these things in Egypt, he's, he's gone as far off in the wilderness as you can go, and there's a bush on fire, and he goes, he catches his attention, he goes over to look at it, and the bush talks. I don't know what that sounded like, but I imagine that that was a heavy, I mean, God talking from a bush. And not only that, but the bush knows his name. This burning bush says, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. 
Lord said, and he said, Do not come near here. Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground, consecrated area around this burning bush. I want you to come barefoot. And he said also, verse 6, I am the God of your father and the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob, named all the famous ancestors of Moses, plus his own dad, who, who was a Levite. I try, by, by of the tribe of Levi. And, and then Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. That would be normal, right? Looking at a burning bush, talking to you that knows all this, and saying these things. And verse 7, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and have given heed to their cry because of their taskmasters. For I am aware of their suffering. I have seen. He has seen your problems. He has seen your life. He's given heed to your cry. Because of whatever the taskmaster is in your life. And he's aware of your suffering. Very same stuff. God's saying... I'm not aloof. I'm not off somewhere else in the universe. I am right here. In fact, he's going to explain to him, talking to him. Verse 8, so I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians, to bring them up from the land of, to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Morites, the Pezzizites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Was like, what is that? One, two, three, four. Is that six? Six different people groups. It's a good big place, and there's wonders there. Verse 9. Now, behold, the cry of the sons of Israel has come to me. Furthermore, I have seen the oppression for which the Egyptians are oppressing them. Therefore, come now and I will send you to Pharaoh. So that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. Now this is a powerful call for someone to become I mean, he is Moses' name, you know, but to be Moses. This, this, the events of his life help define who he's going to be, right? So far, he's a, a guy that's run away, killed an Egyptian, married a girl, takes care of the flocks, lives out in the desert, you know, area. But now things are changing. When God tucked, tugged on your heart, and told you, said that you're a rebel and that you need to know me and I am God. And sometime, somewhere, you said, you're absolutely right. I want you in my life. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my being a rebel. Come and live in me. You are like Moses. You got sort of a new name. You got a new, your life changes. It's changing even now. It changes even when we don't see it, even in the midst of 
times where it doesn't seem like that God's been talking or acting, he's still talking and acting, and he's still very much aware of where you are and what you're doing, just like Moses. Verse 11, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, certainly I will be with you and this shall be the sign to you that it is I who has sent you. When you have brought the people, of e the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God at this mountain, this very place right here where we are, that mountain behind you, you're going to bring them out of Egypt to this place, and then you'll know this, this was my idea. <laughs> but, you know, he gives you stuff to do, and you go, I, I'm not totally sure about this, but you, that there's nothing else to do. And so you go ahead and do it, and then as you do it, you find out that it was God. He doesn't always... As one person says, it's like being on the high dive, you know, and God says, I want you to jump. Yeah, but Lord, there's no water in the poo. Well, I'll put water in the poo before you get there. Yeah, but there's no water in the poo. Yeah, well, I'm telling you that you're going to have to jump. Now, what are you going to do, climb down or, 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 or jump? Sometimes we climb down. We miss that one. But other times we jump. And he puts water in the pool for that one. But it doesn't last. Sometime later it'll be like, I want you to climb up there again, jump off into that pool that doesn't have any water in it. Gosh, God, we just did that recently. <laughs> uh, faith in God. Verse 13, then Moses says to God, Behold, I'm going to the sons of Israel, and I will say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they may say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? <laughs> you who's talking out of a your burning bush is talking to me. God said to Moses, Say, I am who I am. Which comes from the Hebrew of this to be. He just, I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am sent me to you. God further said to Moses, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, the Lord. And that's in my Bible, all caps. And that's the word that in Hebrew is Hashim, which means the name. So every time you see that in your Bible and it's all caps, it means the name. And that is the four letters that they don't pronounce, but once a year a priest says, says the Y-H-W-H, now is Westerners, we just had to put some vowels in there so we could say Yahweh, but there isn't. They would never say this. So, you know, they, they say uh, uh, another word to stand for this word. 
the unpronounceable. This is like, uh, like Harry Potter, the one who shall not be named. You know, this, this is that kind of thing. The, the name that will not be named, we say Adonai. That's what a Jewish person will say. When they say Adonai, they're talking about, capital L-O-R-D is how we do it, write it in English, Yahweh, but without the vowels. You know, it's, it's, a, it's so holy that you don't say it. The name. So, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of, so, so let me back up. So God, furthermore, says to Moses, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, when you get back there, the Lord, Hashim, the name, the name, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. This is my memorial name to all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, has appeared to me, saying, I am indeed concerned about you and what has been done to you in Egypt. And then God goes on, I'm going to give you a couple of things to help. Take your staff and throw it on the ground. He throws his staff, his normal, normal walking stick staff. Probably carved it out himself and kind of sanded it, you know, some way. And just his staff. Throw it on the ground. It turns into a snake. He says, take it by the tail. It takes a moment to catch a snake. As soon as he touches the tail, it turns back into the staff. He says, take your hand, put your hand inside your shirt. Puts his hand in his shirt, pull your hand out. It's leprosy. Put your hand inside your shirt, pull it out. It's normal. And he says, if you don't believe that, then I'm going to have you pour some water out on the sand, and it's going to turn to blood. I can't talk, he says. I stutter. I, I'm not good at this. Well, God gets irritated. Well, your brother Aaron is a good spokesperson. I'll send him with you. He can, he can talk for you. So, and then you'll be like, you know, he'll be like the priest. He'll talk to them, to you. You'll, he'll talk to them, and then they'll talk to him, and then he'll talk to you, and you'll be like me. You'll be sort of like a little God to him, okay? Time goes on. They end up going back to Goshen. He goes to the elders. The elders are going, wow, this is something else. Aaron and um, Moses go to the Pharaoh and says, we want to go out into the desert three days and worship. We're afraid of our God if we don't go do it. He goes, I'm not letting you go out there. You're good workers. And thus we have the movie, the Ten Commandments, and we have, you know, stuff that happened, and we have all these plagues and stuff that goes on, you know, and even, even the, uh, you know, the people that work for Pharaoh, they can make their sticks, throw them, throw them, let's have a throw down. We throw down their sticks, they turn into snakes. Moses throws his down, his eats their snakes, their sticks. 
<laughs> then turns back into a staff. This is a showdown going on. All of them have left during the night. The Passover, the lamb, all this, the, the, the dried up part of the Red Sea right there, you know. The Egyptian army has all been drowned in this. And now they're on the other side. They're out in the desert. They're in the, and they're, they're places that Moses knows really well. And they start heading out. And eventually, in a few days, they get to Horeb. They get to the mountain. And if you go through the book of Exodus, there's a lot of stories of things that go on. And so we get down to, uh, to me, to, uh, the other big in, in point with Moses. Mo Moses is getting to know God. Moses has taken a tent and set it up outside of the camp of all, you know, it's kind of noisy with a bunch of people camped together. So he says, I'm going to make me a place down here. I'm going to call it the tent of meeting. And uh, Joshua was his, worked for him. And whenever Moses would leave the encampment that his family, his, his wife, his two kids, and everybody else and all the 12 tribes, and they're all, you know, kind of set up like a giant, three tribes deep. It kind of makes a cross from the air if you look at it. Three tribes, three, three, three. And so the tent of meeting is out there. And it said that everybody would go to the, to the, to the opening of their tent and watch because there was always a show that goes on. It wasn't meant to be a show, it's just the way it was. They would see Moses get smaller and smaller and get down there to the little bitty, the, the, the tent, the little, the little tent of meeting. And when Moses would go into it, the cloud would come and go into the tent and rest on the tent, which was the presence of God. And he would meet with Moses down there. There's a lot of conversations, you know. I'm going to wipe them out. No, Lord, that won't look good. You know, this, you know, a lot of conversations between him and Moses. Moses is getting to know him a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Chapter 33. Let's, let's go to verse 12 to one of these encounters. Well, verse 11 and, then, and thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. And when Moses returned to the camp from the tent of the meeting, his servant Joshua, a young man, would not depart from the tent. Joshua would stay down there. Verse 12, And then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people. Just, no just notice how that starts. There's been some time with Moses being around God from the day, the very first time when the burning bush is talking to him and telling him to take his sandals off and Moses is on his face before God and God is giving him this assignment and he's saying, I can't talk, My, your brother can talk, go down and deliver the people. I have seen all this oppression, I've seen all this stuff. All this has happened. He's got like what a million, you know, six hundred thousand men out counting women and children. There's probably a million and a half people that have been going around out there. So, you know, they go two or three days. They're they're complaining about water. They go a few more days. Man, we wish we had some meat to eat. You know, God sends them so many so many quail that it, they said it comes out their nose. Sorry for lunch, I know, but you know. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of complaining going on. 
out there with a million and a half people. All the, all, you know, he, he, he's from night till day, he's being the, like, lining up next. What's your problem? They tell their problem. He does something. Jethro, his father-in-law, who cares about his, about his daughter and his grandsons and cares about Moses, but, you know, he's older. He went, this is not good, you sitting here doing this. Farm this out to some other people, um, you know, leaders of 50s and 100s and thousands. I mean, give some other people this job. This is, this is not what you were just called to do, you know. So he listened to him, and he did, you know, and all this has been going on. So, so when we get to this part, we see that Moses, is, as respectful as he is of the Lord, he, he, they are so relational that a conversation is going on. So this is a lot like the psalm that Brooke says, was it 13? 13, which says, I'm tired of talking to the back of your head. You know, well, that's a bold thing to say to God of the universe. Like, but here's Moses doing that same kind of talk. Moses says to the Lord in 12, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you yourself have not let me know whom you'll send with me. Moreover, you have said, I have known you by name, and you've also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray you, if I have found favor in your sight, let me know your ways, that I may know you, so that I may find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. I've got to know you somewhat, but hey, I don't get to you always. Can, would, you know, since I work for you and you give me stuff to do and I've done all this stuff, tell me some more stuff about who you are. You, you call yourself the name. You know, I mean, you, you know, like we don't pronounce, I mean, can you hear him? It's, 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 wow, he's gotten free with his part before God. Maybe later he tells his wife and she says, I can't believe you said that to God and are still alive. You know, you know, I don't know. You wonder how it goes back home when he... Because you know she, she is a wife. You're not going to go, how, how was work today at the tenant meeting, honey? Oh, it's, it's okay. That's mm, not going to fly. She's going to want a play-by-play of what, what went on today down at the tent. You know, did, did you take some snacks to Joshua? It's his birthday. No. Well, I put together something for him. The young man needs to eat. I mean, he works for you. You know, he's always down there at that tent. You, you, you know, it's like, these are real people. Real people. Bible stories are made up of real people. Verse 14, and he said, My presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. And he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. I've had it, kind of. For how then can it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not by you going with us so that we, I and your people, may be distinguished from all the other people who are upon the face of the earth? God call if God called you and you're his then every so often other people are going to know 
you have a relationship with God. Nothing that you have to do. It's because he started this with you. He gives you events that turn into your stories of your life that you tell down through time. Things. They're yours, aren't they? God started it. He's still doing it. And the Lord says in 17 to Moses, I will also do this thing of which you have spoken. You notice that God doesn't throw back the heat at him. I mean, God's like, (laughs) boy. I mean, in a good way. It's like talking to the 10-year-old that's upset. I'll also do this thing for which you've spoken. For you have found favor in my sight, and I have known you by name. Verse 18. And then Moses says, I pray you, show me your glory. Gotten under his skin. This, this God. I want to know your ways. I want to, I want to see you more. I want, to, I want, I want more than a cloud talking to me. I mean, we started out as a as a bush on fire talking to me, and you come in a you, you come as a you know kind of like a talking cloud thing, or maybe it lights up, go you know like glory. I don't know the glory of God, but but it's not enough. Show me your glory. And God says, "I myself will make all of my goodness pass before you, and will proclaim the name of the Lord before you, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious." and will show compassion on whom I will show compassion. Just know that you've asked this, so I'm going to let this happen, but I'm, it's still my choice. Verse 20, but he said, you cannot see my face For no man can see me and live. And then the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and you shall stand there on the rock, like a cliff, like a little place, in the rock on top of Mount Sinai on Horeb. And it will come about that while my glory is passing by, that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by, and then I will take my hand away, and you will see my back, but my face you shall not see. So then God gave Moses the instructions of the two tablets. He's going to go give him the Ten Commandments while he's up there. So Moses takes the stones. He goes up the mountain early in the morning. Took the stones with him. Verse 5 of chapter 34. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood there with him as he called upon the name of the Lord. Sort of the same place that they've been down at the tent of meeting, except now they're doing it up on top of the mountain. And then the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed the name, the Lord, you know, the Lord God. And he's going to describe who he is. Compassionate and gracious slow to anger
abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity and transgression and sin, yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. Moses made haste to bow low toward the earth and worship. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And the Father is saying right here who he is. More insight of who this burning bush is. More insight in who this talking cloud, this glorious presence is. Why he's up there. He's there for 40 days and 40 nights. He doesn't eat. He doesn't need anything to drink. He is in the presence of God. And when he comes down from the mountain, his face glowed to the point it was such a distraction that he would put a cloth over his face, except that when he went into the Lord's presence, he would take it off. When life is hard for you, Just go to this and know that this person is your God. Your personal relationship with the creator of all things is compassionate. Not just toward others, toward you. He's compassionate. He's gracious to you. He's slow to get angry with you. He's full of loving kindness and truth to you. And you can give this to others because he's in you. You can share the glory of God that's in you through the Holy Spirit with others. Because Jesus has paid for you. There's nothing in between you and the Father except Jesus. Your older brother has been made, the, is the Messiah, seated in the place of authority at the right hand of the Father. Your older brother, you come clothed in your brother's colors. Just like the tribes had their own, you know, look. I mean, the Levite, you could tell one coming because they, they, they wove their family design in it. You come clothed in the design of Jesus when you come boldly like Moses, you come like Moses because you got, you're getting to know God the Father more and more. Respectfully bold. Because he is all these things to you. promises to keep his loving kindness for thousands to forgive iniquity and transgressions and sins and he's not going to leave the guilty unpunished and it carries down through a lineage some of these things we see these on the national stage of different countries this country uh, just anywhere we, we see it in people's lives if you know ancestries of different families you see stuff you see the ones who walk with God and how it how it keeps playing out 
you know, he says the hard stuff, it, it takes two or three generations here to, to play out. He says, but, but his goodness goes to a hundred generations. So stuff being passed on. We live in a country, unfortunately, not everybody, but a lot of people that are in powerful places are not taking care of the unborn. They are bent on profit. They are bent on personal power. And God says, you will not go unpunished. And unfortunately, in all of the 183 countries of the world, from the top down, everybody in that country suffers or prospers to some degree of what's going on. So that's why in the New Testament they say, pray for those in authority, that there might be peace. I want them to turn. We won't talk about inflation and stuff that's not happened in a long time since I'm old enough that I remember. I remember 18% interest on some loans that I had. I remembered how stuff kept going up. I remember the silliness of the wind button, you know, about stopping inflation now. You know, I saw one was all. I remember didn't have one in my collection of things. We, are have, we have each other, and we can pray for each other, and if life is getting harder in our country, we have someone whose personality is totally different than those that lead the nations of the earth, even the best nations' leadership. There is someone greater the creator of all humanity. And he has a plan. And he has a part for you and I to play. And we need to be always ready on call for the assignment of the moment. And if it seems scary, we need to ask, please give me grace. And then talk to your spiritual family saying, he's given me assignment and I'm, I don't know I can do it. Tell somebody. Tell everybody. Yeah, and tell it in a way that it's like, you're not fearful, it's just that you need some more spiritual nerve, energy, whatever, because next time, next week, they may have something to do. Father, thank you that you called Moses and that he wrote it down. So if anybody knows the Moses story, Moses knows it because he wrote Exodus. So whatever comes the rest of today or comes tomorrow or comes next week, 
remind us that the Lord God who's compassionate, loving, kindness, and truthful, and all those parts, everything you said about yourself, that you are with us. As you watch this later, lean into that. That's the truth. He said it. It's not something that we've made up. It's not a fairy tale. It's so marvelous that it is like a fairy tale, but it's not. It's the truth. So, thank you, Lord. Thank you for this Lord's Day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.